Welcome, everybody. Um, you are listening to Let's Get Physical with Patty Patton. And this morning, I actually am talking to a pre and postnatal fitness expert. We're going to talk about all the questions about what you should be doing pre pregnancy, during pregnancy, after pregnancy, some red flags. And um, yeah, whatever, whatever rabbit hole we go down, we'll just stay there and keep going. So I'm talking to Kay Burroughs. We actually went to high school together. Um, and I was, I was thinking about that. We, there is like in those few years, I'm sure maybe everybody thinks this when they go to high school, but there are some smart women that were like in between that, that four year, that four year gap there. So um, I think we were, we were the best anyway. <laughs> Um, so I'm talking to Kay Burroughs. She owns Core Love Fitness. Um, I'll, I'll attach all this stuff, all of her information and contact, contact information at the end. And um, so if you have any questions, you can get a hold of her that way. But um, I'm going to pass it over to her. And my first question is, when and why did you start your business? Yeah. Okay. Thanks for having me, Patty. Um, yeah, I started my business in 2016. So that was right after my third child was born. Um, and to be honest, I felt better than I had in a lot of years in my body after my third baby was born. So I remember just kind of thinking like, huh, right. like you'd think I'd feel worse at this point, but I think I felt better than I even did, you know, in my early twenties. Um, yeah, so for me, it was like, I felt like I had kind of finally figured out this whole pregnancy postpartum body thing. Um, and then it was really triggered from, to be honest, there were so many times where I would be at a playground or something and just like chatting with a mom, you know, and before we knew each other's last names or even maybe first names, sometimes we were like talking about yeah pants with exercise or like literally talking about our vaginas and what was going on because I was just so interested and passionate in in all of that so it just kind of naturally ended up in like every conversation I had so yeah I had my sister and a couple really good friends were just like you need to do something about this instead of just talking to talking to every person at the park about vaginas you need to actually you know get this word out to more people so yeah, that's when it started. I had a baby and I started my business in like the same five months, which was kind of crazy, but also awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I didn't really know anything. I always find it so interesting, like being an athlete and being in the fitness industry for so long until I had Danny and getting the clear, right? Like everything's good. I felt pretty good. Um, and I wasn't in any rush to be like bounce back, get ripped. Like I've never, that's not me. That's, those are words that never come out of my mouth, but I wanted to run. I wanted to run. That is who, like, that's just part of my soul and like, you know, experiencing nature and then going for a run. And I knew I had a really strong core. I'd done martial arts for years. Like I had a super strong core. And I didn't have a complicated uh, birth. Like everything was, you know, quote unquote, normal, Mm -hmm. right? 
And then I went for a run and I peed myself and wasn't even just like a little bit, it was a lot. And that just is emotionally like for somebody who looks at running as like a part of it's a, it's, it's, it's not the physical it's, you know, it's the mental part devastating. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, there wasn't really any information out there about it at all. Yeah. And it, and the information that's out there or was out there was just so vague, right? There wasn't any nuance to it. So like, yeah, to say to you, you know, Patty, just go back to exercise at six weeks is very different than saying that to another person who has a much lower level of activity or expectations or like history of exercise. Right. So same, I did the same after my first baby. I think I ran, I don't know, five, eight kilometers. Like the day I got home from my six week checkup (laughs) because my doctor said, you go back to exercise. So to me, I was like, okay, well, this is what I do for exercise. Right. I think what my doctor probably meant was like, can you do some like pelvic floor work and like maybe some (laughs) core work? But I was like, okay, (laughs) here I go. And then the other thing that the doctors were always saying was like, listen to your body, listen to your body. And I, I just, I don't think that's good enough advice. Right. Because I was like, this, this isn't a body I lived in before. I knew how to listen to my body yeah, like you said, as an 18 year old, a 20 year old, a 25 year old athlete, um, yeah, or just person who wants to be active. I didn't know, like you talked about peeing your pants. I remember leaving a workout class and I was like, I don't even know if that's pee. Like, is it possible to sweat that much down there? Are there other things coming out of my body? Like (laughs) it's humbling to pee your pants. It's like extra level humbling to be like, I don't even know if I'm peeing. I don't know what is happening. Right. So yeah, but me, I was just like, if I feel this way and I have a background in movement and the human body and exercise, like what are other new moms going through? Oh, that's how I felt too. I was like, how do I not know about this? Like, how, how did I have to have a baby to be like, this is not right. This is not right. And if it's happening to me, how many other people are just like, this is the new normal. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like, but I have found Danny will be eight in June man, access to information and um, just awareness on this topic has, it is increased so much more. Um, It's way better. And I can't even imagine that's only been almost eight years. What was it like 20 years ago? Mm -hmm. No, thanks. No, thanks. Um, so on to my next question. This is a, I really like this one. Um, what do you think is the biggest misconception about postpartum fitness? Uh, well, I mean, really this ties into what you just said, right? I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe 20, 30 years ago, a lot of the messaging around pregnancy and even postpartum was like, rest, 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 rest. All you do is rest, you know, don't carry anything heavy. Don't, you know, 
yeah. uh, because I know that's like my... your baby in a car seat. Yeah, exactly. Which is like a billion pounds. Um, you know, so, so I didn't really have, I wouldn't say like a lot of guidance from other mothers in my life that had already, you know, the generation above me or had already been through motherhood because they didn't really get a lot of support in that area either. Um, you know, and then I love that there's so much more information, like you said, for moms now, but I feel like in a lot of ways, the pendulum swung so hard to the other side, right? And it's just like, you do what you always did. You know, I mean, I know, I, and I got the same messaging from my doctor. He was like, you're fit, you're strong, you just keep doing what you're doing. That's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, you know, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of, I mean, I, I don't know that I would have said I felt invincible invincible but like I feel like I maybe operated that way um so for me I find my job is just always pulling women into the middle from whatever end they're on right so like right you're really strong and capable and resilient but like you're not invincible and like on the other end like you're also not fragile or broken on either end during pregnancy or postpartum like our bodies are amazing they can do so so much and Um, if we take really good care of them, you know, pull yourself from either extreme, um, Mm -hmm. you're going to just have a much better experience. Yeah, that's, I, I like that. Like you are invincible. Um, and that was, it, it was humbling to say the least when you are like a relatively good runner, And then you can't even run one kilometer without peeing yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what the heck is going on yet? And then, you know, then you see all these moms like with baby joggers and everybody's running and it's, it's probably one of the worst things you can do (laughs) after having a baby is to go run. Mm -hmm. And it's how, how many women are doing that. I mean, Oh, well, and that, conversation, that conversation is hard because like you said, for a lot of women, it is kind of a part of their identity and they're just desperate to feel like themselves again. And I, I so relate and I feel that. And I think that's really important. Um, and then for a lot of women, it's so much more than the running. There's so much shame tied up in it. And this is just the way that they know to burn the most calories, which they think will make them feel good in their body again. Right. So, yeah, I think it has to be approached with so much kindness. Like, you know, if often I'll ask women, like, I'm, I'm like the queen of questions, right? So someone will come to me and they want to run and they want to run and they must run. And, you know, I'm like, okay, sure. Tell me why. And then tell me why that's important and tell me why that matters to you. And often we arrive at a place where it's either, yeah, I must run because I'm a runner. And so that's a conversation about like, okay, well, how, how can we adapt to your new identity as a mother? Right. And what other piece of your identity can you lean on right now? And honestly, a lot of times women are like, I hate running. I don't actually want to run, but I don't know what else to do. do. And so they run. Yeah, I know. I, I have that all the time too. Women are like, well, I have to run. And I'm like, do you? Like, you don't have to, I, I always look at cardio should be, that's my, that's my enjoyment in life. If it's biking, if it's paddling, if it's hiking, if it's running. 
So why would you ever spend an hour, half an hour doing something you hate when time is so limited? Mm-hmm. Like there are so many ways to move our body that is not just running. <laughs> yeah. So and I, I mean, wish I, I wish think... more women would. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. I people hate it because it doesn't feel good because they don't have the foundational strength, right? So again, like peeing your pants while you're running, that that's not fun for anyone. Um, but you know, like sore knees, achy no. <laughs> no. hips, uh, sore low back, like all of those things are showing up when you don't have the base level strength to do it. And running is kind of a tricky activity. Like I don't think very many people would ever just like walk into a gym and throw a couple hundred pounds on a barbell and jump into some deadlifts unless they've been doing a little bit of progression. But like, we don't think about running in that way because it's just kind of this natural human movement. And like, yeah, ideally we would all be running for our, you know, whatever we could get into the history and all of that. But if you don't have any strength training under your belt, running probably won't feel good. And so that's okay. Like take a step back from it, build some strength and then maybe revisit it. I know a lot of women who like running after they strength train and they hated it before. And then I know some women that just don't like running and that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more about the strength training and running. It goes hand in hand. Running is a sport. And it's, that was a really good analogy. Like you're not going into the gym and you're, you're not going to, yeah, start trying to do some Olympic lifts and then go, you know, go a couch to 10 K when you haven't even been walking anywhere or being any, any type of activity. So yeah, it's, it, it all depends on, you know, where your, your strength level is and, um, what your experience with running is too. Mm-hmm. I'm in being a mom running is it's a great way with a baby or a toddler to get quiet time. Cause you can put them in that stroller mm-hmm. and you can get outside and maybe you can, and it, and it's a way of having access to the park. You can get groceries. It's a sense of freedom too. That's how I've always looked at running. It really is a sense of freedom. And when you have little kids, it's kind of goes, it's an easy thing to do like together at the same time Two, you can kill two birds with one stone. Mm-hmm. But I think people always underestimate the power of walking too. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. And I think we, we often just, we forget that like what pregnancy is like it's a gigantic transformation for our bodies so many things change and yes you know like mm-hmm. it, it we really need to kind of recover from it but then we progressively build back to a phase where we were and it again it can be hard especially if you were a runner before because you might feel like aerobically you have the capacity and like mentally you have the capacity but your body just like there's no way around it. You could be the fittest pregnant person there ever was in the entire world, but pregnancy is still a big deal. Birth is still a big deal. Like there's mm-hmm. a recovery period that just has to be there. It, yeah, absolutely. I hate the term bounce back. It, it should be called rehab. Like your body suffered a trauma and now you have to rehab from that trauma. And I... I I think it's changing slowly, but 
you know, the fitness industry is the wild, wild west out there. And when you see, and it's so, and so many fitness people do well because they sell it sexually, right? Their content is so sexually driven. Um, like I just, I don't get that personally. I don't understand where I don't get where squats and deadlifts become sexualized, but I'm clearly the 1% because, you know, it is so sexualized. And then it's like, put on these women, you're supposed to have a baby and then you're supposed to be sexy right after. I mean, that's not how I feel or look at it. And I could give, I mean, I just don't give a crap but I just want to be able to move my body how I want to move my body. And I wish more women had the appreciation of moving their body before they got pregnant. They enjoyed their body and the ability that it was able to do all of the things. So then when they had their, so when you get pregnant, you're in a good, healthy state, you have your baby, you are in a good, healthy state and you can enjoy the things that helped get you through the pregnancy while being fit, but no one is like, look at our population. What is it? 50%. I think these are American numbers, but I think 50% or almost 50% of people are classified as morbidly obese. Well, and I think what you said about the sexual piece of it is really important because like, yeah, a lot of women haven't experienced their bodies in a way that wasn't for other people's viewing, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why this postpartum period can be just kind of like devastating to a lot of women when they no longer have control in like the shape of their body, their appearance of their body. Um, you know, and again, if, if there's, if that's what your body has been valued for by you, by other people, it's, it's a big, it's a big, I don't even know. I was going to swear, but like a big, um, adjustment. It's a mind F. Yeah, it's totally is. And it takes a long time. And I remember hearing all of that messaging that you're talking about, right? Like, like literally the classes in my neighborhood were called like, I don't know, hot, be hot. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like those, Oh, like bums and tums or like booty builder. And I'm just like, can we quit calling it that? Like, it's good to have strong glutes because it keeps our hips strong. Like, let's, let's call it a, if you have weak glutes, it's a glute building class. I hate mums and tums or like bums and abs or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's just like, I feel like, I feel like new moms just need so much compassion during this period because they're going through a lot. And like, you know, I find like for me even, but I know a lot of women I work with, then you can start to feel bad about not loving your body. Right. It's like, you're supposed to love your body, but you don't love your body. So now like, why can't I love my body? It's like, I, you know, they feel like they're losing at the game of being the hot mom, but they're also like not falling into this camp of all the moms that are just like, I love my body for everything it's done. And I love my stretch marks. And it's hard to be like, okay, well, I don't feel like a hot mom, but I'm not like loving the stretch marks. Like where, you know, where do I exist in this body? Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think like, I think moms need to know it's okay to feel that way. Mm -hmm. You can be like, you can be realize that you're just, it's just a phase. You're just here and it's a very short time and you will get back there. And I think it's okay. Like if you, if, if you have stretch marks, like you don't, you don't have to be loud and proud about them. You can be sad about them. I think that is okay too. Like, just be honest. I agree though. It, it's, it's all, you know, body positivity is really important, but I think we're going so far to one side it's like, it's not healthy anymore. Like if you are 50 pounds overweight, just after having a baby and sedentary before, some people may not like me for saying this, but it's not healthy. You are now entering health risks that are inherent to extra weight gain. And all of this that's why postpartum fitness, it's, it's a microscope and it's very specific, but it encompasses where we are as a society today. So if you are overweight and then get pregnant, like coming out, digging out of that hole is huge. And I can imagine the physical and the mental side of that would be very difficult. Yeah, well, and I would say with that, like it's it's not a one or the other, right? And I think I think that's where the body positivity sometimes is seen as a negative or too far or too much. Like right. Yeah. I think you can be you know, I think you can want to change your body, you can want to change your habits, you can have, you know, health promoting goals for yourself. And yes. accept where you're at. Like, I think both. Can yes. Be. And I feel like, again, yes. if we talk about pendulums, right, it was like, we've lived yep. for a long time in this world where like, no, you can't, if you're overweight, you can't possibly like your body. And I think the body positivity movement has been so valuable because a lot of people are coming forward and being like, actually, I really do like my body. And that's like yeah. amazing. Right. Yes. And always an end for all of the people in these situations. Like we can always be trying to take better care of ourselves to be better to our bodies, like physically, mentally. Yes. Yeah. It's not one or the other. Yeah. I, I like that. It is definitely not one or the other. Um, so my next question is, what do you wish women would start doing more of and focusing less on in terms of fitness? Okay, so this is so easy to me. <laughs> strength, <or laughs> sweat. Stre more strength training, less sweating. Um, not that sweating is bad, but you know, um, you don't need to like end up in a pile of sweat at the end of your workout on the floor, just like yeah. feeling like you're a tomato with your red face in order for it to be effective. And I would argue, and I tell most of the new moms I work with, I actually think that's not effective in the early postpartum months and maybe early postpartum years, because, you know, it's, everyone has a different experience. Um, but like my middle child, he didn't sleep through the night 
consistently until I don't know he was like three and a half like it was ridiculous and so you know plus he was this gigantic baby he was 10 pounds when he was born um you know so like just to get through the day was physically demanding for me and then I was never getting the proper amount of sleep for years right and so for me to do that like high intensity type of exercise it just wasn't really effective because I couldn't properly recover from it. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't resting. And then the rest of my day was demanding a lot of energy. And so it really just increased my pain. To be honest, I had more back pain and more pelvic floor pain. Right. Um, You know, uh, probably at that time, a lot of my motivation would have been like burning calories or, or weight loss. And that wasn't probably very effective because by 2 p.m. every day I was like ravenous and like eating all of the chocolate chips in the pantry because again (laughs) I wasn't recovering I didn't have enough sleep yeah so strength training is just like I feel like most women don't do enough of it they don't necessarily understand it either like um oh I could not agree with you more on that (laughs) yes lift the heavy things (laughs) Yeah. And it just, it changed it for me. It completely trans. And like, again, if we go back to our history, like you and I have a history of movement and exercise. I had a history of weight training in my university years. I still didn't really grasp how important the strength piece was over everything else as a new mom. I had to experience it in my body. And that's why I say at my third baby, I felt the best I had in years because I had a solid strength base. So I could carry my 10 pound baby and my like 30 pound tantruming toddler home from the park and I wasn't like a disaster when I got home yeah 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 um strength training and rest is so important for women again it goes back I I don't know what it is but it's like the running the running is really it's really in there like in the brain like women and you walk into a gym and where are women primarily on the cardio machines and men are lifting weights. And I do think that is changing over time. Um, but, you know, if you were to look at a running page versus a fitness page, a running page is probably going to have a woman or a man running through the mountains and a fitness page, like who knows what you're going to see on the weight training fitness page. <laughs> who knows? it's like it's almost soft porn so it's like (laughs) you know that's why it's it's so people are going to be drawn to what they think is aesthetically pleasing to the eye especially with how fitness is sold but I mean that's again that's like two percent of the world's population so who cares? Everyone is going, you're going to look and feel better if you move your body. And that can come in so many different ways. But even though I love running so much, if there, if I had to choose between strength training or running strength training, and I'd walk for the rest of my life. (laughs) Well, and, and for me, like pregnancy and postpartum was a good experience for me because I, for the first time in my life was like, oh, this is why people don't like running. This sucks. Like I'm peeing, my back hurts. Like I was like, oh yeah, I get it. If this is how running always felt, like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be a fan. So 
And I think that's why a lot of people don't like exercise is because like you said, they've been sold this idea that like, you need to show up, you need to do the hit workout. You should feel like vomiting. You should also have like a cute sports bra matching your pants. Like, oh. like it's just not, it's not, a, it's like, not reality. Way. No, but it's also doesn't show people like other ways, right? Like they don't, they look, I think a lot of people look at that and they're like, I don't belong there. I don't fit there you know, I, I must yeah. just be a person who likes to exercise. Yeah. I know where it could just be. I mean, so many times when Danny and Lucy were really little and we lived in town, I moved my weights into the basement and I had the rocking chair stepper and our old <laughs> that I could use as a hamstring, like the, where you put your feet on. And I would use that as my hamstring girl yeah. and our coffee table. And that's where I would work out mm -hmm. in my pajamas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, I would feel good and it would be like 20 or 30 minutes. And that was good enough. Yeah. Yeah. And most, that's what pretty much all of my clients are doing. Um, I mean, especially with COVID, but for the most part, when I'm giving a mom a workout, it's yeah. going to be 20 to 40 minutes. You're going to be able to do it at home. Um, you know, most things are yeah. designed in a way that they could be interrupted and you're not going to be like irritated at your child for interrupting you. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's more realistic yeah. and you're going to get, or I feel for me, I get way more exercise done when I know that it's not going to take me an hour and a half or an hour even. Um, I think we, I think it's just because yeah. of class schedules, but a lot of us have this idea that like one hour, it must be one hour. <laughs> That's how much I need to exercise, but it's like, no, it could be five yeah. 10 minutes. It could be 30 minutes. Like it all counts. Yeah. Something is better than nothing. Anything is better than nothing. Well, and really it's consistent. actually that leads into our next question really well. Oh, but consistency, that's a boring message. <laughs> like when, when you look, when you look at a really good strength training program or a run program, it's, it's going to, it's going to be a whole year that you're going to focus on picking a couple of things. And then it's going to be another year where you build on that. But how many people in terms of fitness have that idea where they're able to sit down and be like, okay, today I'm going to do a 10 minute walk, maybe two or three times a week. And then you're going to add a few more minutes and then you're going to add a few more minutes. So now by this time next year, I'm walking three times a week or four times a week, 30 to 60 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. But no one wants that message because it's like, and I think women, because look like it's the beauty, Botox, fillers, clothes, hair, everything. You can get that stuff done and women will spend thousands of dollars on it because it's an immediate result. Yet fitness, they won't invest the time and the consistency and the moderation to get that long lasting habitual change. They want it to be like the needle that goes in their face. <laughs> like well, make I it happen, make it happen right now. Yeah. Well, that comes back to that, like discomfort, right? There's, there's obviously 
uh, strong feelings. Maybe it's shame. Maybe it's a whole bunch of other things. Their value is tied up in, you know, and I say they, but really I'm saying we, um, yeah. our value is tied up in so many things. And I feel, especially for women that it almost takes like the support of other women who have been there and who know what you're going through to help you to to stay in that discomfort like kind of what we talked about earlier to to be in that space where you're like I have goals I want to be able to like you said I want to be able to walk an hour every day without feeling pain in my feet my ankles my hips I want to get there Mm -hmm. but I'm uncomfortable because I'm not there yet so like is there something that could be a quick fix hey I think there's so much value in having other women just say like you know, kind of come alongside you in that, like, yeah, I feel your discomfort. I know how it feels to be in a body that you don't love yet, or you're not proud of yet, but you know, here's the process. And then, yeah, just show up over and over and over. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, Because there is lots of women out there who are honest with their um, experience and you know, I think, I think we sell ourselves short. Um, and because I, I, I also think that we don't give men enough, you know, credibility either. Like I think women think they, that men want them to look hot all the time. And I, I, that's just not the case. So I, I, I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it, but I, I think women really so much of the pressure it comes from themselves and maybe who they're surrounding themselves with, Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, like, aren't we just lucky to be getting older? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every summer I have more wrinkles. Yeah, exactly. Who cares? Yeah, but I think you're right in that, you know, how the people you surround yourself with and, and like being able to have those conversations with other people is, you know, whether they're men or women in your life is so huge Um, because Mm -hmm. it's, it's often, it's more like your confidence and your vitality and your like joy for life. Like those are the things that really draw people to you, right? And there is, yeah. of course, like physical, there is the physical piece and you, you can objectify a body and look at it and say that it's whatever you want to say about it. But um, yeah, it's not the most important things. And I think, I think a lot of, this is where I find the value in so much in community, because a lot of times I'll have new moms coming into our program, but we've got other moms in the program and their, you know, their kids are five, 10, 15 years old. And their perspective is just always so gold, you know, for them to look at and just, and just share kind of what's meaningful and important to them in their life at that phase. And it's not very rarely an emphasis on how their body looks versus how it exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Versus how they feel and what they can do. Yeah. Um, This is a good question. So how big of a role does fitness play in your family life? Yeah, I loved that you asked this question. And um, because to be honest, a little different than what I thought it would be. So I definitely envisioned like 
like you said, I'm going to be the mom, like with the double jogging stroller and my kids are just going to come with me to every workout <laughs> and it's going to be so fun. And I'll be honest with, oh, my yeah. first, <laughs> with my first baby, I really was spoiled. She was just an easy baby. Um, in so many ways, she was easy to breastfeed. She was easy to sleep. She potty trained in two days. Like, thank God I had more kids yeah. or I would be such a pompous person <laughs> right now. <laughs> Um, because then when I had my second kid, I was like, oh, never mind. None of the things that I did with my first child work with him. So, um, yeah, I've gone through different phases. I would say, you know, I've gone through phases where my kids kind of tag along with every single workout or run they're on their bikes or something like that. And then I've gone through other phases of life where I'm like, no, I can't have anyone else in the room with me while I work out. I can't have anyone saying, mom, I want silence or like yeah. super calm chill music like I am not playing pump up tunes while I'm working out because I'm just overstimulated yeah um, and so I think that's okay too I think it's helpful for new moms to hear like it's okay if you don't want to work out with your kids around like you don't have to a hundred percent your baby does not have to be like your weight for every <laughs> exercise you do oh, I know. but also like maybe that works and maybe that's okay like mm-hmm. I've I've done both Um, what I do think is really important is like the modeling, not necessarily the modeling of the activity, although I do think that's valuable for kids to just see that their parents being taking care of themselves. But I think it's more the, like the boundary piece, right? Like being able to say to your kids, like, I'm going to exercise, you can come or not, whatever, but like, don't interrupt me. And obviously your kids, a hundred percent, your kids need to be a little bit older, but like, or to say to your partner, like you're on your parenting. I'm out for 30 yeah. minutes. Like, yes, I think that's really, really valuable. I, d- I agree with you a hundred percent. And, and just like you, like I've done, you know, the baby and me workouts, the toddler workouts, you know, the stroller workouts, the bring the toys and to the gym workouts. <laughs> um, I, I think I've done every type of workout you possibly can with a child or without a child. Um, but eventually, you know, they do get older and I am lucky, like Luke likes to work out too. So we would, you know, when kids were small, that was our, our alone time. And so somebody, we, you know, kind of look at the week and be like, what's the work schedule? What's the kid's schedule? When do you want to work out? And, and we'd work it, work it that way. And and that was good for us. And now sometimes we work out together. That's our time is we go and work out together and started working out together more over COVID. And that was the boundary set. Like, don't come into the garage kids, like get out. I remember Luke had maybe put this workout together and it was really hard and we were feeling it. And it's like right at the beginning. And we were, when you put this workout together, you're excited to do it, but then you're actually in it and you're a little bit angry because you made it and it's so hard, but you're committed. (laughs) And the kids came in and they were going to ask us for something to eat. And I'm pretty sure we'd just given them food, you know, cover all the bases so they don't bug you. (laughs) And Luke was like, get out. (laughs) Oh, okay like don't come in here <laughs> yeah. and it is so true there's nothing wrong 
boundary. People realize it. Yeah, you don't dare go into that garage or basement or bedroom or wherever <laughs> until mom comes out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, for me, often my husband wasn't home. Like he worked a ton. Um, he was really involved in like the athletics and the coaching and his job. So there were a lot of times where I was like, okay, it's, it's actually kind of not that safe for me to like leave you somewhere else. Um, or like the kids might start fighting or whatever. Um yeah. So again, like if they were old enough, the rule was like, you can be here, but you can't interrupt. Um, or you have to work yeah. out with me, like either don't interrupt or like grab a set of dumbbells or, yeah. you know, yeah. I always tried to keep yeah. like a kid set of dumbbells, of two or three pounds and join in, which is yeah. really, really fun. Um, or like that's when they watch TV and that's okay too. You know, I struggled with that when I was younger or earlier in the parenting journey, I didn't oh. want to have too much screen time, but like to me, screen time, if that's going to get me a workout, then that's really valuable for me. And I, I also, yeah. you know, I also want to always remind moms that like, you don't have to get up at five in the morning to work out and you don't have to work out at 9 PM. Um, because if we go back to that sleep piece, like a lot of women are not sleeping enough. I mean, both parents are not sleeping enough in those early years. Um, But so if you're going to try and tack on a workout on either end of the day, right. Then, I mean, great, great. If it works for you. And again, I've gone through phases where that's when I work out, but there's other phases where I'm like, I, I can't even imagine getting up earlier or staying up later to do exercise. So that's again, like where else yeah. can it happen during the day? Can the TV babysit? Can your partner take over? Can a family member help? Like, yeah, it doesn't have to be a five in the morning workout. No. Uh, yeah. I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. Our kids are getting a little bit older now. Um, so they, they usually are Sunday. They'll come and work out with us and it's, it's pretty interesting. And it is funny when your kids do start working out with you, if they start dancing in public, their usually go-to moves are like lunges and burpees. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, children. <laughs> um, but my next question is actually really, I think really important, but what are some symptoms you might be experiencing that are red flags to a weak pelvic floor yeah so pain pressure peeing that's kind of the easiest way to remember watch out for those three things um but don't be terrified of them either right so like peeing if you're peeing when you're exercising it's always a sign like it is for sure a sign that either the load of what you're doing so the challenge is too high or the capacity, like the strength or the resilience of the core system is too low um, or both, right? And it doesn't necessarily mean you can't do that movement, but it means that maybe you need to be breathing a different way. Maybe your alignment could be a little bit different. Um, Even just your cues, like sometimes just thinking about an exercise differently can change things. So can you, maybe you have too much tension in your core and you're trying to like brace your core and be strong through the core and you should actually just relax and like let your body do what it needs to do. Um, So I I always want to make sure that people know that like, no, I don't want you to pee during any exercise ever with me. 
Um, but also like, no, I don't want you to panic if it happens. If it happens, it's just information. Right. And then let's adjust. Let's see if we can either change some of those things, your breath, your alignment, your cues, or, or maybe we do come back to like, okay, what, what's a different exercise we could do or a different way that we can strengthen your core system before we go back to the running or the jumping or the deep squat or whatever it was that caused, that caused the leak. Um, also right. just like general heaviness in the pelvic floor. Um, so like, if you just feel like you want to just like put your hands on your crotch and lift it up, like that's not a great sign. Um, sometimes yeah. it feels like you're wearing a tampon, but you're not actually wearing a tampon. So those could be like okay. of maybe prolapse or just like general, like high pressure through the pelvic floor. Again, don't panic try not to Google prolapse. Definitely don't Google images prolapse. Um, (laughs) try not to do that, but no, if you grew up on a farm, it's really bad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But just again, know that there are things that you can do. There's, there's almost, well, really, I would say there's always something that can be done to make an exercise feel better in your body or to find a different type of exercise that will give you what you're looking for in that exercise. Um, yeah. So those are the things I always tell people, I don't want you to feel sharp pain. I don't want you to pee and I don't want you to feel like pressure in weird areas. Like, you know, another one could be like through the belly. Like if you're having major doming, um, sometimes people say it looks like a loaf of bread on their belly or like a tent on their belly. Um, I don't want you to feel those things or experience those things, but I also don't want you to be like, Oh my gosh, my body's broken we can, we can. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you, you know, some women don't even know what the pelvic floor is and have no idea until they start experiencing issues with it. Mm -hmm. And then hone, you know, that mind muscle connection is so important. And if you didn't play any sports and aren't very body aware, Now to try and get that person to turn on their pelvic floor and really understand what that is, that is a hard, hard thing to do. I mean, even for me, when I'm training um, runners or different athletes, I really find with um, uh, young athletes, like 10 to 12, it's that glute activation It's like you really turning on those glutes is really hard for people to understand how to do yet. It's such an important muscle, especially when you're playing hockey or, or any type of real power sport. And, um, what are, so what are some of the cueing techniques that you use to help women understand where and what their pelvic floor is? Yeah. I love this question because I'll be honest, Patty, I did play sports growing up and I had no awareness of my pelvic floor. Like I remember going to a pelvic floor physio appointment and, you know, I'm at this pelvic floor physio appointment and she's like, go ahead, relax your pelvic floor. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, whenever you're ready. And I'm like, yeah, like I did it. (laughs) She was like, Nope. Like that was your, (laughs) those were your glute muscles. Like you're relaxing your butt muscles. And I, again, right. Humbling. I'm like, okay, so I don't even know the difference between my pelvic floor and my glutes. Like 
no wonder I can't strengthen them. Um, so yeah, I do think, I do think the cueing can be so key. I think this is where pelvic floor physiotherapists can work absolute magic because they can really individualize this for people. Um, yes. but yeah, I will usually start with breath more than anything. So I'll usually just get people to really feel like what it feels like to inhale into your belly, what it feels like to try and inhale down to your tailbone. Um, because inhale and exhale is something that kind of everyone can access. And naturally on our exhale, we're going to get a little bit of a lift through the pelvic floor. So if nothing else, we can just start there. Um, yeah. Often I'll give people the circus tent cue, I usually call it. So I think of four points on the bottom of the pelvis. So pubic bone at the front, tailbone at the back, and then the, yeah. sit, the sit bones. So the bony parts of the bottom of your pelvis that you can feel when you're sitting on a chair. So those four points kind of make a diamond. And I'll tell people, imagine that those were four pegs, you know, the corners of a big white circus tent. And I usually, yeah. I usually say circus tent because it always has that one big like peak in the middle, right? And yeah. so on the exhale, we're going to think about lifting up that tent through the center. And then on the inhale, just visualize that tent kind of falling to the ground. And right. I like that cue because I think it, triggers a lot of softness for people and yeah as they're relaxing and um that helps to make sure that people aren't like pushing or bulging or you know bearing down on the pelvic floor to try and relax it it needs to be soft and gentle yes yeah and I think um there's so much women work are working so hard to contract and get that pelvic floor nice and tight, but it's just as important as it is to release it. I'm always saying like, we don't walk around with our bicep. Like we don't walk around with our bicep muscle tense. You have to let it relax. So it's the same, really treat it like a muscle. We're letting it relax all the way down. Mm -hmm. But that is, you know, it's, it's another thing where it's not gonna happen overnight. It's gonna take practice. And it's going to take, you know, it took me a few weeks and I was already really body aware to really understand like what, how to release and how to tense my pelvic floor properly. And the same thing going to a pelvic floor physio and yeah, like, or, but hers was like, okay, now I, she wanted me to contract those muscles and release it slowly, like doing something like that. I mean, I didn't know if I was contracting or releasing or doing anything. Yeah. I was just like, I think I was just grinding my teeth harder. Like, <laughs> hopefully this will lift something up. Well, and actually it's so good you said that because again, if, if that internal sensation is hard for someone, which I think it is for almost everybody, there's so many external yeah. cues that you can use, right? So you can start with breath, you can cue women on their jaw, right? Well, the jaw on your mouth is, a, is very connected to the pelvis. So you can cue them like relax, yes. your jaw, relax your jaw and that's gonna help mm. them relax their pelvic floor. Mm. Um, and belly, yes. right? A lot of women cannot relax their pelvic floor because they're not relaxing their belly. And you know, that goes back to like, they don't like how it looks and all of those things. Oh, but if you I can know. Relax your belly, then there's space for your pelvic floor to relax, you know? Or I always tell people yeah. like, have you ever tried to hold in a fart? Like, let's start there. At least if you've held in a fart at some point in your yeah. life, then, then you know where the back of your pelvic floor <laughs> is. So let's start there. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those are all really great. Um, oh, I mean, we could talk about this stuff forever. I love everything to do with the pelvic floor because I think it really is, it's women's quality of life and how you live life. If you have a sense of self confidence, um, it can really be negative if you are suffering, you know, from pelvic floor issues, it can affect all spectrums of your, of your world. And so um, I am going to ask you this question to a woman who's just had a baby. She isn't sure if she's feeling pelvic floor issues, but she's definitely uncomfortable. What would be the first thing you would suggest to that woman to go and do? Yeah, I would, I would start with the breath. So just spend some time breathing, feel what it feels like to inhale all the way down to the bottom of your belly, to the bottom of your pelvic floor, feel what it feels like to exhale, you know, start there. And then I think there's so much value in getting some really good guidance, like find, you know, a program or a coach or someone that can help you to build the foundation, right? I think there's so much value um, a coach that I really admire, she talks always about how like going slow is the fastest way, right? So like, slow down, you know, let yourself be postpartum, let yourself be a new mom. Like you said before, this is not a phase that's going to last forever. Um, I mean, you will be a mom in your mom body forever. But this, the way that everything yeah. just feels so hard and so overwhelming in the beginning, it won't feel like that forever. So, you know, just right. kind of settle in for a little bit and yeah. yeah, spend some time building the foundation. Cause if you really have a strong pelvic floor and a strong connection with your deep core muscles, then when you do start sleeping a little bit more and you feel ready to kind of like get back into some workouts, you, yeah, you're going to feel so much better and you're going to be able to get back into that stuff faster because you built a foundation. Right. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent. So you're at your cabin in Sylvan Lake. What are you excited about this summer? <laughs> Sorry, I lost you for a sec, Patty. Oh, I just, my last, one of my was we're heading into summer. You're at your cabin in, in Sylvan Lake. And I'm just, what are you excited about in the coming so weeks and months? Summer, to be honest. Um, one, good, <laughs> one good thing about my business is that it's all online right now. Um, and so I feel like I can coach and connect and stay, you know, involved with the women that I'm working with. And I can be at the cabin um, doing that. I have like what do I have? I have three backpacking hikes planned with some girlfriends. So, um, yeah, my goal oh, is good. to be, my, I'm going to be hiking, camping, beaching. That's my goal for the summer. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. That's one, um, one positive of COVID is I've moved a lot, like all my classes are online and then I, I've made my own PT, uh, space in our garage. So I no longer will commute anywhere or use any gyms. And I'm so thankful for that. So that, that's been my, my positive. Um, but the last, so the last one was 
how do people reach you if they're looking for pre and postnatal fitness or just fitness in general? Yeah. So I'm core love. So my website is corelove.ca. Um, and people can find me on Instagram and Facebook at core love fitness. And yeah, I just really want to encourage people to, to reach out. Like I know as a new mom, you know, it was one thing at first, I didn't even know what I didn't know. And then when I started realizing what I didn't know, I didn't know who to ask. And if I did ask my doctor, um, in general, I didn't get a lot back. He didn't have the expertise, um, to support me in that area. So I just always want to tell moms, you know, like if you just have questions, if you don't know where to go, you don't know where to start, you don't know if what you're feeling is a red flag or not, um, reach out. I'm just so happy to like answer questions, give some input, share a great pelvic physio that I know in your town, like that kind of stuff. So yeah, please don't feel like you have to necessarily purchase a program in order to ask a question. I want to, I want to be here to help. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's there, there's so much more access to information, but it's better if people, you know, go to you if they have a specific question so that you're not just shooting in the dark and they can get a program that's a little bit more specific. And the other thing is too, like, don't wait, just ask the question. Like, don't suffer through all of these symptoms when I think you do have a symptom in, in, your, in the back of your mind, you do know something is wrong, ask somebody. And if you've gone to your doctor and that didn't work, yeah, go to a, go to a fitness and, and, and get better and get stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think you Thank have to be like, you don't think you have to be stuck in this like, Oh, I'm a mom now. So like, it just is what it is. I pee my pants. I don't jump on trampolines. I know it doesn't have to be that way. I know. No. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you, Kay. That was great. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Patty. That was fun.